Today. 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 Today with Jeff Vines. Twice every weekday on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. And recently I caught up with Don Batten from Creation Ministries and asked him to share a little bit of his background. I was born in Dubbo, central New South Wales, Australia. So, uh, yeah, country boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm from Tamworth originally. So, uh, oh, not that far away. Come from good stock. There yeah, you go. good stock. Yeah. Did you, uh, were you raised in a religious up, uh, household? Well, in the 1950s when I was a young child, I must emphasize young, Eighty <laughs> percent of children in this country were connected with the church, mm. and so I went to Sunday school like eighty percent of my colleagues. And uh, so I knew about the things of God, knew the Bible, mm. uh, I knew something about it. But then it wasn't until I was up at the age of ten, I was actually in the street in Peak Hill, actually a little tiny country town. My dad went up the street to do some business on a Saturday morning, and I went with him. And I was at a loose end, and there's this guy in the street actually preaching open-air campaigners guy, and uh, there's a street evangelist, and he was preaching the gospel, and I heard it, and the first time I realized that Jesus died for my sins. He wasn't just the Son of God in the Bible, but he actually died for my sins, mm. and that this demanded a response from me. Mm. And at that point, I responded, and uh, so I was born again. And did everyone notice the change in your life? Like, did you stop taking drugs? Did you... <laughs> did you... <laughs> <laughs> was there a dramatic conversion, or were you, were you a pretty good kid already? Well, the only only drug in those days was Aspro. <laughs> uh, and uh, what about your teenage years? Did you did you fall away from God, or you didn't do the prodigal son thing, or you, you just no, stayed no, faithful? nothing like that? In fact, I went off to boarding school at the age of twelve. Uh, that was a bit traumatic uh, because a country boy and my parents actually, God bless them, wanted me to get a good education. Yeah, went off to boarding school down in Sydney. And uh, I, God actually brought across my path a senior student who took me under his wing, wow. taught me to read the Bible, having a quiet time, yeah, daily time with God, and yeah. encouraged me to go to church. And we had a great Christian group at this school. But would you believe 240 boarders in the, in the school and a lot of day students, but the, in the boarders, you know, 180 of them were involved in the Christian group. Wow. Which school was this? This is Hurlston Agricultural High School. Wonderful. That's and, great. Uh, so a fantastic ISCF group, Interschool Christian Fellowship, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, this was a nurturing ground for me and really helped me grow. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, I got hit with evolution uh, in school. Now, in the 1960s was the first time in Australia and in many other parts of the world where evolution became taught to everybody. Mm. Now, by, by, before that time, if you did senior biology, matriculation biology before you went to university, you could do some evolution. But otherwise, it wasn't taught to everybody. Mm. But this was the time when it was brought into the school and everybody was from then on has been taught that everything made itself. There's Big Bang billions of years ago where rearranged pond scum, basically it was just a cosmic accident. Mm. And this is life, you know. And we see the consequences of that today in the falling away and disinterest in things of God and the social decay that set in because we turned our back on God. So how did you... Handle that as a as a Christian. How, how did you handle it when you were taught that? Yeah, well, that was a problem. I had no idea. I think, well, this doesn't. I mean, I knew Jesus as my Lord and Savior. There was a personal walk there, you know. Like, but how does this go with the Bible? Mm. You know, and I'd ask Christian pastors, and they were hopeless. <laughs> they were absolutely <laughs> hopeless. They had no idea. Don't mention any names, please. No, no, I <laughs> probably don't remember their names, but you know. But you know, what were the responses? 
Well, you know, of course, there's a gap there between the first couple of verses of Genesis. You can shove all the millions of years there into the gap, and let's talk about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, well, that wasn't very helpful yeah. you know, because I couldn't see a gap. There was no gap there. You know, they're reading it into it. And there's whole books written about this gap, you know, and the idea that Lucifer came down and flooded the earth with a flood and destroyed. It created the fossils and things, and that was, you know, and then God recreated things in the six days of creation week. And said, so, well, why didn't he recreate the dinosaurs as well? Oh, well, he didn't think they were a good idea. Mm. Well, oh, whatever, you know. I mean, it's just, anyway, this, this idea is still around today, mm. the gap theory idea. And, and young people taught this and then sent off to university quickly realized, in fact, in high school they realized, this doesn't solve anything because mm. Lucifer's flood would have created all the fossils quick time, mm. not over hundreds of millions of years. Mm. I mean, how long a flood do you want? <laughs> I mean, the thing just doesn't add up. Yeah. It doesn't add up. Yeah. And yet churches are still full of this, you know, mm. as, as, as the solution, mm. you know. Mm. Oh, no, we don't have to worry about that, you know. The, the gap theory solves that, you know. Let's talk about something. It doesn't solve anything, you know. We get young people just get confused, and they think, "What can I believe?" You know, I can't really believe the Bible anymore, and so we see this disinterest in the things of God. Mm. And recently, I caught up with Don Batten from Creation Ministries and asked him to explain a bit about the struggle he had to comprehend that creation lines up with God's word. Here's how the conversation went. You know, the Bible's the word of God, so you must believe what the Bible says. I said, yeah, well, I'd like to believe what the Bible says, but how do I do that? Mm. You know, and so there was this piety. That was good. I mean, that was a good, honest response. Yeah. You know, it's the word of God. Believe it. But how do you believe it? Mm. How, do, how do you put this together? And, you know, what happened was I put my life into two boxes. I had one box with all what I was learning at school, science and, 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 and uh, agricultural science and geography and history. That was all in one box over here, and my Christian faith was in a separate box over here, yeah, yeah. completely unrelated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, and many people do this to survive, you know, so they've got this two boxes approach. Yeah. And it wasn't until actually I was doing my doctorate at university that the two boxes came together. Mm. And I realized that when Jesus said, you're to worship the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, mm-hmm. That it was to involve everything, yeah. including what I was learning at university and my science and everything was supposed to come under the Lordship of Christ. Mm. And so it wasn't until I was doing my PhD that those boxes came together, and that's another story. So tell us a bit about uh, university life as a Christian. My mum's testimony is that she was raised as a Christian. Her first week of uni was convinced to become an atheist. Yeah. So she lost her faith, got into the new age, and ended up uh, you know, having a couple of kids who was so terrible that she came to Christ. <laughs> My brother and I used to almost kill each other all the time when we she were little. Help. And so she cried out to God and came to Christ. Apparently I was the good one. My brother was the bad one. But anyway, <laughs> but, um, but university, is uh, it's the devil's playground. Uh, there's so much uh, deception going on there teaching uh, people to fall away from God. How did you survive through those years? Yeah, it's probably worse now than when I was there. Uh, I remember one of the uh, professor of biology, uh, Professor Charles Birch, he was sort of some sort of, you know, liberal Christian type of thing. Um, and uh, he, he used to give lectures. He was a very popular lecturer, and he gave a lecture one day about evolution, and he said um, something I, I've, I've remembered ever since. And he said, he said uh, some of you are worried about evolution, I mean, about how it works with we're believing in God. He said, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I don't know whether I believe it myself. Mm. <laughs> and I thought, hang on a minute. Are we talking science here? Are we talking religion? Believe. I mean, you don't believe science. I mean, you know, water boils at 100 degrees Celsius at sea level. You don't have something to believe, you know. Then he's talking about belief. I think, oh, and, and actually a little, little sort of uh, 
a wedge in my mind that God placed there. Mm. And it was actually a few years before that wedge actually worked out its effect. But the effect in the end was to realize evolution is a belief system. It's not actually science. Mm. It's a belief about the past and where we came from, an unobserved thing. Science is about things you can observe and test mm. and do experiments on. You can't do experiments on history. Mm. We don't have a time machine. You know? And so these things were working out in my life. I was an active Christian at university, but whenever anybody asked me about creation, evolution, or made this objection, I just said, look, I mean, God could have used evolution. That was my go-to. Mm. God could have used evolution. You know? I didn't think much about it. If you think about it, you realize God didn't use evolution because evolution is a process of death and struggle for survival over hundreds of millions of years. Death, the unfit, survival, the fittest. Is that what a good God would do? Mm. God said everything was very good. He didn't say there was death and suffering for hundreds of millions of years before he created Adam and Eve. Mm. And Adam and Eve, when they fell, when they actually rebelled against God and it said death came, from dust you came and to dust you returned, talking about physical death, came because of sin. How does that fit with millions of years of death and suffering before Adam and Eve? Mm. So all this, I didn't think about it, though. Remember, I had two boxes. Yeah. So you just keep the two apart. Yeah. And so you just try not to think about it. You bury your head in the sand like the proverbial ostrich. <laughs> so how did you get converted in you, your view of creation? Well, uh, Dr. Dwayne Gish from the United States, a biochemist who worked for Institute for Creation Research at the time, visited uh, the university when I was doing my PhD, and I saw this advertised, and a lunchtime lecture went along. First time I ever heard anybody actually defend believing the Bible. Mm from a creation point of view, and Genesis is real history, and it's not just a story, and, and it blew me away. Here's a guy who's a scientist, a biochemist, and he knows his stuff. And interestingly, you know, the scientists, the science students and, and whatever who were there at that lecture had no answer to his science. Mm. But it's the philosophy students that took him to task, and it, it, it adjourned on the lawn outside afterwards because it, it went out of time in the in lecture theatre, mm -hmm. and on the lawn outside, and the philosophy students were going at him, hammer and tongs, trying to pull him down, mm -hmm. because they saw that if creation was real, God was real, and their atheistic thinking was overturned, mm. and so they were going hammer and tongs at him. You know, how can they good, how can they bad things in the world of God is good? All sorts of questions like that, and uh, so. That was the beginning of my little journey, and it took about probably 18 months. I read a book called The Genesis Flood by Whitcomb and Morris, and that was the only, it was published in 1961, I think it was, and uh, I actually had to track it down. This is pre-internet and everything, and I had to go down to the, to the a bookshop in Sydney, uh, in, the, uh, in the main street of Sydney there, and ordered the book, wait for six weeks for mm -hmm. it to come. Cost a fortune. Now, books are so expensive then <laughs> for a student you know, yeah. buy this book. Bought this book. Blew me away. Here's an explanation for the rocks and the fossils and things from Noah's flood mm. after Adam and Eve. And the evidence around the world that these things, the rocks and the fossils, form quickly in a global ordinary catastrophe like the Bible describes. Never thought about it before. Mm. Mm. I always thought, when everybody, whenever I thought about Noah's flood, I thought, oh, it was probably a local flood in the Middle East. That was a thing, you know. Well, why would Noah build a massive boat to escape a local flood? I mean, that... I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, he could emigrate. 
Why would you need a massive, massive boat? Why would you need birds on the boat? They could fly to another country in a couple of days. I mean, I mean, it's not, I just look back and I say, how could I be so stupid? Recently, I caught up with Don Batten from Creation Ministries and asked him to share a bit about Creation Ministries' connections around the world. Well, we have six sister ministries around the world in the United States and Canada and New Zealand and South Africa and uh, in the UK, Europe, and also a little fledgling ministry in Singapore. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have uh, accredited speakers all around the world mm-hmm. and uh, doing stuff. And uh, we we only work in English, but we actually help people in other languages as well. Mm. So we actually on our website have 40 languages other than English. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, And we work with volunteers all around the world translating things and helping them mm. in that. So, And pretty much any question people have, you know, about Adam and Eve, about uh, Noah and the Flood, about, uh, yeah. you know, all, all those big questions, yep. you guys have a, a section where people can search that up, can't yeah, they? Yeah, that's right. And uh, the website has over 11,000 articles, mm-hmm. and there's hundreds of videos on there. Our Canadian sister ministry does uh, TV shows. Oh, wow. You know, there's, and there's about, there's about 100 one-minute videos. Mm-hmm. I mean, people don't have much time these days, mm-hmm. but you've got time for a minute. You know, so you can go on there and look at some of those one-minute videos. They're available as radio. There's a lot of interesting little bits and pieces there. Mm. Uh, but, uh, but you know, I was um, – a challenge came to me. This was after God had brought all this across my path, and a challenge came as I was having my quiet time one day, and the challenge came like this. Are you going to believe my word? Are you going to believe the words of men? Mm. Are you going to believe my word? Or are you going to believe the words of men? And I thought, oh, that's what I've been doing. I've been disbelieving God's word because I've believed all this stuff I've had my head filled with. And I said, Lord, forgive me. Help me to believe. Do you know, I changed at that very moment from an attitude of the Bible which said, how can I make the Bible say what I find comfortable? To, Lord, teach me. Lord, teach me. I'm willing to obey and I'm willing to believe your word. That doesn't mean I understand everything perfectly, not at all. There's lots of stuff I grapple with, but Lord, I will believe. And my attitude to God and his word changed. It was like being born again, again. Do you know that a lot of our theological colleges are full of people who are like me, who are actually trying to make the Bible fit with what they find comfortable, to fit the secular view out there about how everything came to be, for example. And they're turning out pastors or destroying the faith of young people who go into those colleges uh, because they're actually encouraging them to disbelieve God's word. And this is a huge problem in the world today. Mm. So thankfully there are colleges that don't do that. Yeah. So I don't want to say everybody's like that, <laughs> but sadly a lot of them yeah. are like that. Mm. And they're driven by academia, they're driven by degrees, mm. they're driven by the pride of knowledge. And that all comes back to, are we going to believe God's word and just believe it and teach it, or are we going to try and mangle it, yeah. change it to something we find comfortable? That is so good to hear. It reminds me of the quote, I think it was Charles Spurgeon, it said, uh, God's word is like a lion. Set it free yep. and it will defend itself. Absolutely. Uh, we need to get back to the basics of God's word yep. and not twist it and manipulate it and use it for our own purposes because 
uh, if God has given us this canon of scripture, uh, He can defend it. He can yeah. <laughs> He can uh, speak to us through it. And and I love the 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 thing you said before. You know that you said God speak to me through your word. Let me understand your word mm. Uh, mm. from your heart because. You know, God's Holy Spirit can give us revelation from the Word, yep. and, and that's what we need. So absolutely awesome. Uh, and if people want to find out more about your ministry, the website is creation.com. Yep. You guys are also on Twitter, on uh, Facebook. Facebook yep. People can search you up and uh, contact you. And you guys also send people to speak at churches and schools yep. and universities, all sorts of things as yep. well? all around the world. So, uh, yeah, and mm. uh, in Australia we do about 450 ministry events every year. Wonderful. So uh, we have quite a team of uh, adjunct speakers who yes. are sort of trained and accredited. And uh, whoever you get, you'll get a good result. Uh, you know, we're not based on a person. Yep. And we're not Don Batten Ministries or something like that, you know. Uh, in fact, when I fade from the scene, the ministry will carry on. <laughs> thanks for joining us. God bless. Uh, thanks, Matt. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.